The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Hey, it's Mariana. I'm the co-founder of Summer Fridays, and this is the Life with Mariana podcast. This week's episode is with Alyssa Chan Evangelista. She is a social media strategist and manager, and I learned so much in this episode. So I actually found Alyssa because I kept seeing her on TikTok. Her videos kept coming up on my For You page. A lot of the advice I hear on there kind of sounds the same, but for some reason, her content really stood out to me. It was really unique advice. And even though I've been a full-time content creator influencer for over a decade, I felt like I was learning so much from her. And there were so many things that I found myself applying to my own career. So if she's someone that I felt like I could learn from, I thought you guys could too. So whether you have a personal brand or a business that you are trying to brand on social, this episode is so amazing. And you guys can also reach out to her to do one-on-one sessions, which I highly recommend. So if you guys want to hear from Melissa and level up your social media game. Keep listening. And if you're not following me yet on Instagram, follow me at Mariana underscore Hewitt. I also have a broadcast channel on there, which is so fun. And I'm always doing so many giveaways where I'm giving away amazing things to people who are engaged with me and my community on there. So definitely follow along my broadcast channel. It's called Messages from Mariana. It's in my profile and you can join it there. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast because I've got new episodes every Tuesday. Now let's learn from Alyssa. There's a lot of platforms out there, but I think when we think about platforms for new creators, we think about TikTok and Instagram. So for new creators, what platform do you really think they should focus on? I think there really isn't a right or wrong answer, especially when all the drama with TikTok started, especially in the States. We didn't know what was going on. I say start with the platform that you are the most familiar with. There's a lot of friction when it comes to content creation. You have the strategy stuff. You have, you know, how to be a better content creator, tools and all that. So I think starting in a place where you feel the most safe is going to be best. But I think long term, having both be a part of your strategy is going to be best because each platform serves a different purpose. Not that each platform can't provide community or provide discoverability. Like TikTok is an SEO discoverability reach platform, right? And then Instagram was really known for community building. And it's an actual social media platform, right? We have so many different tools like Instagram stories, DMs, voice notes. It's really a platform meant to nurture. So I think if you look at your digital strategy as a whole, those two platforms serve a different purpose. So long-term, yes, you want to have both in there. But I think when you're just starting out, just so that we can ease you into getting consistent. I think the one that you are the most familiar with is the one to focus on first. I totally agree with what you said about TikTok being great for SEO and discoverability and Instagram being really great for community because Mm -hmm. on TikTok, I find so many new people, but I'm very rarely finding new people to follow on Instagram. I think a lot of times, like the only way I'm really finding new people on Instagram is if a friend of mine happens to tag them or reshare something to their stories. But that's really the only way I'm finding new people where on TikTok, I'm getting fed new creators all the time, which is how I came across your content was because it's 
algorithm is so amazing. It's feeding me new things all the time based on the things that I want. And then I'm finding so many new people to follow. And that's what I love about TikTok. Totally. And I love that you mentioned that the way that you discover new people on Instagram, it's still that community based way. It's it's referrals, essentially. We're on TikTok because the algorithms and just the way that the app is created and formatted, we're kind of just along for the ride with whatever our FYP shows us. And I think that's like the magic in it. So when, again, long term, when you have both playing their roles, that's really where you get like a well-rounded holistic strategy. And for people starting out and even established creators, it's very confusing about what should I post on each platform? So how do we decide what goes on TikTok, what goes on Instagram, and what we can repurpose on both? Love it. So I like to think about Instagram and TikTok as like a double bubble diagram. So you have one circle that's for Instagram, one circle that's for TikTok, because again, both of the platforms are created differently. You may have different audience members on both platforms. So you still want to treat them individually and optimize your content for each platform. But of course, there's room, there's that overlap just in that double bubble. So for TikTok, again, if that's going to be your reach platform, then content that serves a wider audience. I also like to think of TikTok as Instagram story vibes, especially for people that are really comfortable on Instagram, but not so much comfortable on TikTok because there's not that categorization feature. I mean, yes, there's TikTok stories, but it's just, it's very new to TikTok. No one's really optimizing their TikTok stories. So I think you can have more fun and flexibility with posting more content on your feed, which on Instagram, you there's like apartments for content, right? So then you have more nurture content, you can sell more on stories, you can kind of I like to say get a little bit messy and a little bit chaotic on stories, because that's where your hottest leads are, your most engaged community members are. So that's the way that I would differentiate it. And then this kind of double bubble that I like to think about this, the middle of the double bubble is going to be stuff like signature style series, something that works across platforms that works within the means of both platforms. For example, if you have a three minute video on TikTok, you know, you might have to cut that down if you want to repost it to Instagram. So for a lot of my clients, when we create a signature style series, we try to create it with both platforms in mind so that it can be reposted across platforms. And something I think a lot of people think about, whether you're a personal brand or a brand brand, is having a personal brand on social. So what Mm -hmm. do you mean by this? Because I think people go into being a creator and they're just thinking, oh, I just need to post content. But it's so much more than that. So many people are leaning more into their personal brands now, which I absolutely love to see. I think it's way more fun. It's way more personal, hence personal brand. I think the thing that sometimes people get confused is they treat their personal brand, they treat their content online like a personal diary. When in fact, I feel like that actually hinders your opportunity and your growth on there. I like to say, you are not your brand, your vibe is your brand. So to have a personal brand, yes, you have that personal element, but it still needs to be strategic. There still needs to be structure. So it's really about taking the parts of yourself that you want to show up online and then letting your strategy magnify and amplify those authentic parts of yourself. And that is your brand over, oh, well, I'm just going to post everything about myself, everything about my day. And I hope that, you know, someone is just going to, you know, love me and and watch me and I'm just going to pop off. Yeah, sure. Maybe that's, that's more of the exception, but that's how I like to think of a personal brand. And how can someone figure out what their personal brand is? I like to start off by honing in on your why. Why even start doing this? Why even start doing the craziness, the wild, wild west that is social media? 
And from that why, then we can distinguish what your impact is, what the bigger picture is. And then from there, I always like to ask my clients or creators, what are the ways that people describe you and how would you describe yourself? And then there, all those things are authentic parts of you. Even if you didn't know that that was happening, even if you wouldn't describe yourself in that way or other people not, might not describe you in that way, those are still authentic experiences. And then you can choose which ones you want to amplify through strategy. And that's the basis of, of building your personal brand. It's focusing on the how you talk about the what, not just I'm just going to talk about this topic and that's it. These are products that I love because if thinning hair is holding you back, Nutrafol is really here to help. Their physician-formulated hair growth supplements and scalp care products create a simple but effective routine to address thinning hair at the source. And you know, hair changes can happen due to age, biology, and lifestyle. So no matter the root cause of your hair concerns, Nutrafol meets you exactly where you are with science-backed formulas tailored to your needs. My mom uses them. I feel like every one of my friends is on some sort of product from them. And their products are so amazing because they address the root causes of thinning from within. Nutrafol scalp care formulas really help to create a healthy environment for improved hair quality. So similar to the skin on your face, when your scalp is unbalanced and not cared for regularly with the right products, it can become clogged, dry, or irritated. And that leads to a poor environment for natural hair growth. The shampoo, scalp mask, and scalp essence are each gentle yet effective and work to exfoliate, purify, and balance the scalp for improved hair health. They're really designed to cleanse the scalp without stripping and really help to defend the strands for stronger, more voluminous hair. Take the first step towards improved hair and scalp health now. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our U.S. listeners $10 off your first scalp care order when you go to Nutrafol.com slash scalp and enter code Mariana. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash scalp. Enter promo code Mariana for $10 off your first scalp care order. This is available only to U.S. customers for a limited time. That's Nutrafol.com slash scalp promo code Mariana for $10 off your first scalp care order. I fall in love with a new protein powder. And if you guys know me, you guys know I love my smoothies. It's such an easy way for me to incorporate more protein into my diet. Usually I find that with protein powder, it kind of has this like chalky aftertaste, but Clean Simple Eats is different. It is so creamy and smooth with absolutely zero chalkiness. And you guys, these flavors are insane. If you want something like Simple Vanilla, they have that, but they've also got brownie batter, key lime pie, maple donut, snickerdoodle, banana, s'mores. These are amazing. And the cake batter one, you guys definitely have to try this one. It is the most delicious protein powder. I'll just mix it in a blender with almond milk or add a scoop to my oatmeal. They have 26 delicious all-natural flavors, and you can't really go wrong with any of them. They also have other unique flavors like German chocolate cake, coconut cream, and chocolate peanut butter. One of the things I love about Clean Simple Eats is their really high ingredient standards. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no artificial ingredients, third-party tested, non-GMO, and gluten-free. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use code Mariana at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com code Mariana for 20% off your first order. Can you give some examples of what a personal brand is for somebody who's still not understanding exactly what you mean? So maybe if it's like one of your favorite creators you like or for yourself, mm. so people know. Someone that I feel like has done this so well and a really good example, I actually did a video case study on her is Legal Baddie, but now she changed her name to her first name, Diara. She started out posting all legal content. But something she did really well was she put her personal brand at the forefront from the very beginning, even though she was really niche down just posting about legal content, her perspective, the how she said, and how she 
framed what she was saying was the reason why people want to follow her. And then after that, she got to expand to talking about everything else, beauty, her fitness journey, random life advice. And we were tracking along with her, not just because she was super smart and intelligent and she was talking about legal things, but it's how she said it. And when you look at her content across the platform, she's like the internet's big sister. Regardless of the advice that she gives, I, I want to know it. I want to know her advice from everything legal to her favorite, I don't know, lipstick that she's using. I think she's a really strong example. And I think with that personal brand builds community. So how do you bring that community aspect in? Because I think you can be someone, I think a lot of times people think of like micro and niche influencers, but it's not just Mm -hmm. that they have a smaller following account, but it's that people are so engaged with the followers that they have. One thing that really powerful personal brands do so well is their ability to storytell and invite people along for the ride. Especially in the beginning of TikTok, everyone was so focused on like, just just hook them in, hook them in, which totally makes sense. And that is really important. But to tell a really compelling story and to create a space that people want to be a part of, that's really where community building is made. Like we can identify with the person on the screen and almost have like a parasocial relationship with that person. That's really where the magic happens. So for example, and this is this is almost like a little thing and I'll kind of go into like bigger picture is little things like when they invite their audience into their video, it can even be little check-ins. Like, do you know what I mean? Or can you see this, right? Kind of giving a little bit Dora vibes, but obviously in a more authentic and organic way, but even little check-ins like that. Something that I really like to see, and Alex Earl does this really well, is that all of her content is very cohesive with one another. So if she's doing uh, Get Ready With Me, she'll talk about something that she's doing next week. And then next week, she'll post a video about that, right? So I'm in on her life. She's taking me along for the ride. Sophia Ritchie is also a really good example of this, right? She'll talk about what she's going to do next week. She talks about when her wedding was happening, she was kind of taking us step by step and she was bringing us along her journey. And it makes me want to come back for more. And it makes me feel like I am a part of her journey. Yes, absolutely. They're very good at tying in future things. So you want to continue watching because you want to watch the thing they just said about in a couple of videos. Mm -hmm. Like Alex is like, oh, I'm getting ready for this thing. And then the next video is her getting dressed for it. And then the video after that is her at the thing. So it's like, it's not just the get ready with me, but it's actually showing the place she's getting ready for. So I think a lot of times as a viewer, what I see is the get ready with me part, but I don't actually see the thing you end up going to. Yes, exactly. And the way that they do it, especially Alex Earl, she's so funny. She'll like go to one of these events and she'll do some like self-deprecating humor at this like really fancy event. And I that is just so, so true to her and her brand and her vibe. So little things like that where you can piece together and almost treat your content like a mini trailer or mini episodes to your entire movie or your entire episode series. That's how I like to think about it. So it's all cohesive. Something I really like that you post about, which is something that I believe in too, is that it's not just about going viral because there's not a lot of longevity in just having a lot of views because it's really better to try to build a long-term career with a community. So how can we balance videos that maybe we want to go viral because it gets a lot of people to our page, especially on TikTok, while still building a community without having to rely on virality? I totally understand why people, you know, want to go viral. Everyone secretly wants to pop off a little bit, but then like once it happens, there's like a little bit of anxiety there. So what I like to say is when you're setting up your strategy, or even if you don't have a full-blown strategy and a plan, going viral should never be a goal. It's almost like the byproduct of everything else that you do. Obviously, yes, it can happen by chance, 
But what I like to focus on is having goals for each piece of content, right? So it's not every time, every single piece of content that I make, it's not really meant to go viral. At this point, I feel like, especially if you've been posting for a little bit, you know what to do to go viral. Now you have to decide, am I going to only post about that? I think a lesson that we've learned from especially a lot of big creators is they really got caught up in the virality and the discoverability of TikTok that they kind of held themselves down to just one piece of content or one video or one topic. And then when they wanted to shift to more personal branding content, lifestyle content, their audience just wasn't there yet. So maybe if you start infusing more of your personal brand content, that lifestyle content, it might not be the fastest way to grow, but you have different goals then every step of the way, your audience is used to that type of content and they care about you from the very beginning. Not, oh, I only want to be known for one thing and then I have to shift later on. You already know you're going to shift later on. You as a human being, you're going to want to talk about multiple things. You're going to want to update people about your life. Like you're going to want to talk about other things than, than just one topic. So it's really important to have different goals for your content so that you can also keep track of like, okay, I know that this is my reach content. I know this is my community building content. I know this is my lifestyle content. And hey, I know this is just something really cute and fun I want to post. And I'm just going to post it because that's what I want to do. I just want to post something really cute and fun. Yeah. And a lot of times you talk about content pillars. So when you're talking about like community or reach or something fun, is this what you mean by content pillars or are content pillars something else? Content pillars are the topics that you talk about. So for example, if you were a fitness influencer or fitness instructor, your content pillars might be workout videos and healthy recipes and maybe breakdowns of your body and muscles, right? So those are the topics that you talk about. Then in each topic, you can brainstorm content in each pillar, and then you could have different goals for every single one of those ideas. And if somebody wants to figure out what their pillars are, how can they figure this out? And why is this important? Because you were saying before, like you don't want to just post about anything and everything because you do want to give people a sense of what they can expect by following you. So how can you mm -hmm. even figure out what this is? So content pillars, again, those are the topics that you want to talk about. So if you're a business owner, right, your business pillars would probably correlate to your content pillars. But even if you're a creator, I want you to talk about things that you genuinely want to talk about. So it really can be as simple as that. Those are the topics that you actually want to talk about and why this is so important and why you do need that structure is because you want to have, again, like kind of what you said, that sense of expectancy. Human beings love to expect things. We don't love surprises. And if you really want to create a memorable brand that comes through consistency and repetition, we get that sense of expectancy and then it makes you feel safe. So if you ever heard the term like comfort creator, that's where that comes from. You feel comfortable because we feel safe. Like we know we're going to go to your page and we know what to expect. So that all kind of ties in together when you have your why and how and your content pillars, the topics that you're going to talk about. Okay. So let's say we know our pillars. We're posting consistently. We have mm -hmm. quality content. We're giving something to our community. We're engaging with our people. And then our content is just not performing well. What can we do or what should we do or what should we analyze? Yes. And this is so frustrating when it happens, right? All the SEO tips, you're doing all the hashtags, everything. And I've definitely had creators and clients come to me with this. Like Everything looks quote unquote perfect on paper. I would say the majority of the time why this is happening is because they're blending in with everyone else. They haven't honed in on, I like to say their vibe, their superpower, the thing that makes them them. 
And I think why this is so hard is because the thing that makes you you, you're not even thinking about it. Like when I say your vibe is your brand, how do you even describe your vibe, right? It's just natural to you. But I think that's what's so powerful about also like working with a creator, just being a little bit more intuitive and self-aware. It really could just be, oh, you do this one thing all the time, or you're always giving off this type of energy. Usually with my clients, I can just point that out and then pick it apart and like hyper focus on it. So if I'm noticing that a client is really like doing everything quote unquote right, usually I'll go, hmm, well, your format kind of just looks like everyone else's. How can we just have a little twist on it? How can we put some little nuances in there that are so you? And it could just be your tone of voice, a little slogan, something related to like the context of the content. It's almost little things like that that do make the biggest difference with your content. Yeah, like you were just talking about context and I had someone on my podcast recently, Emily Kaiser, and mm-hmm. she is really good at this because with her, I know there's like a couple different series and I always know what to expect with her. She's either going to be in her bathroom, she's going to be mm-hmm. getting ready with her son or she's going to be in her car getting ready to go run errands and I'm watching her through that. And she was saying that she kind of tested and tried things and that every time she was doing something in her car, she felt like her followers really liked that. So then she just kept doing more of it and people don't get sick of it. They just like seeing the exact same format with different Mm -hmm. kind of errands throughout the day. Yes. And that's that sense of expectancy, right? And she's such a good case study. She like she is the queen of lifestyle blogs. She does them so incredibly well. And that is that like what you said, that consistency through repetition and then you become predictable, you feel safe and then you become memorable, which that's really what everyone wants to be. They want to stand out. They want to be memorable. And that kind of train, I guess you could call it from consistency, repetition to feeling safe and predictable to being memorable is that thing that like really creates a standout creator. And then I know you talk about storytelling on TikTok too. And I think people maybe want to be storytellers, but they're not naturally good at it. So how can we become better storytellers on social so people can be more engaged with what we're sharing and talking about and saying? I think the biggest thing that people get wrong or maybe they slip up a little bit with storytelling is a lot of exposition. We just want to say all the details when it really it's about getting to like the meat of it. Also, another exercise I do with my clients is always answering the question, what's in it for them? I see a lot of lifestyle vlogs and I love the lifestyle vlogs. I love when people start posting about them, but it's almost just like we're posting little daily itineraries with some visuals and there's, it doesn't answer the question what's in it for them. A good story always has a takeaway. So I think if you just cut out all of the little exposition and get to the meat that takeaway or make that a focus point, then you have a compelling story or then you have a better story than just a simple itinerary. Yes, I see this a lot of times. I even find myself doing it on my own and then I just don't post them is vlogging on TikTok, which is so much more different than vlogging on YouTube. I think YouTube people are okay sitting there for half an hour, an hour. They really want to watch all of the things, but they're still, it's almost like a slower form of content that you really want to just enjoy with the person that you love. But on TikTok, I feel like the vlog needs to have something. There needs to be an action. There needs to be something happening. So how can we get better at TikTok vlogging because I do think it it is much different than a YouTube video. Totally. Yes. I think conflict is number one. I mean, every good story has, (laughs) has a good, has a good conflict, but it doesn't have to be anything super dramatic. Instead of maybe this is my morning routine. It could be trying to be a morning person or trying to make today, you know, the best day it could be, or maybe you woke up late. How do you recoup after waking up late? That's something that's like sticky to hold on to. Again, instead of a daily itinerary, I think conflict 
is a good one. And then again, that tangible takeaway, what's in it for them. So like, what's the, what am I watching? If I'm just watching you throughout the day, yes, totally. Let me go on YouTube to do that. But I think the big problem there with TikTok, because of the way that TikTok is formatted, we're seeing new faces every day. I think the reason why it doesn't work on TikTok is because most of the time you haven't created that relationship yet or that fandom yet with people so that they do just want to sit down and just watch what you do throughout the day. So it's that valuable lesson, that tangible takeaway or that conflict that makes it super engaging and creates a super interesting story. Yeah. And I think something that you posted too, is that just because you do a vlog doesn't mean all the clips have to be in order. So it doesn't have to be like an itinerary. You don't exactly have to post the vlog in the order of the things that happened. Totally. Yeah. I, I always like to kind of start with the meat first. So meaning, you know, if something happened at nighttime or if something happened in the day and that was kind of the, the climax or the, the most juicy moment, I might start from there and then I'll give a little, you know, context that was maybe earlier or later on the day. But you're totally right. You totally again, it totally doesn't need to be a perfect routine. It's just about telling a better story. My wellness routine is something that's really a routine for me and part of my daily habits, no matter where I am in the world. And especially when I'm traveling, I like to also make it a part of my wellness routine because it makes me really just feel my best on vacation and I have that time for self-care. With over 200 destinations around the world, Weston Hotels make it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling. With signature offerings that help you move, eat, and sleep well, Weston Hotels make travel an opportunity to enhance your well-being. At Weston, you can work out however you want with a variety of fitness options to keep your wellness routine on track while you're away. You can maintain your focus with their Weston Workout Fitness Studios equipped with state-of-the-art equipment. You could even go on a group run, which is so amazing to do when you travel because I really think running and going on walks is an amazing place to see local areas. You can be led by Weston's Run Concierge, a running guide and buddy who makes it easy for you to see all the areas. And wherever you are, run like a local because they have Weston's three and five mile scenic running maps, making it really easy for you to find the best route to explore on foot. Eat well with Weston's Eat Well menu designed with foods that make sure you meet your nutritional needs. When I travel, I'm always looking for foods that make me feel my best. And Weston chefs have crafted dishes with your well-being in mind. Choose what's right for you. And Weston makes it really easy for you to continue nourishing your health no matter the destination. Recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed. You can wind down naturally and sleep well with lavender balm, which really helps to ease tension and soothe the senses. At Weston Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next day at Weston. If you're thinking about going to business school or starting a company, let me tell you about Georgia Tech. Meet Georgia Tech's Scheller full-time evening and executive MBA programs consistently ranked top 20 in the nation. In fact, the evening MBA program is the number one part-time MBA program in Georgia. So students can choose from 14 different concentrations to major in, including sustainability, business analytics, supply chain, international business, and more. And I'm telling you from someone who runs a company, you need to know all of these things. So having a degree in one of these different areas is so helpful for any business. Scheller's full-time MBA program is ranked number one among top business schools when comparing total tuition costs with average starting salary. Tuition is over 50% lower than other comparably ranked programs. In addition to the affordable tuition, Scheller offers many scholarships and fellowships for women making an investment in you and your MBA accessible. They're all about career transformation. Scheller's MBA career services are ranked top five in the world six years running. Their advisors can assist you through one-on-one coaching, interview prep, resumes, and career development workshops, career fairs, and more. Women are leaders in the Scheller community and have many opportunities to build their leadership skills through student-led clubs, committees, events, and leadership development programs. 
Through business education at Scheller, women gain infinite opportunities to grow and transform both personally and professionally while learning how to lead at the intersection of business and technology. Visit gtmbawomen.com to learn more about Georgia Tech's Scheller MBA programs. How can we figure out either who our current audience is or how to get people that are more like our target audience? Because let's say you are somebody who likes fashion and you want to start posting more about luxury fashion, but you need to reach people who like this kind of topic. How can you get to the right people so that what you're creating and who your followers are, are more aligned? I love this question because it has nothing to do with algorithm chasing. And it really is that humanized perspective. How I like to approach this is more of the CEO hat, putting on the CEO hat and not necessarily the creative hat. I think as creators, we need to balance both. So when you're thinking about your ideal audience member, I like to get really specific on the pain points, wants, and the lifestyle so that I can directly relate to what they're experiencing. If you're a fashion creator, what are their pain points? Is it that I don't know how to dress for the summer? All I wear is just shorts and a tank top. Is it I don't know what to wear for this occasion? I don't know what my style is, right? What are those pain points? What are what are they experiencing right now? So you can relate to them at that level. And then what do they want out of that? You don't want to make your audience feel like crap, just like, oh, you're doing this wrong. Your outfit, you know, your outfit's ugly or anything like that. What do they want out of that? So that I know at the end of the day with my content, I'm hitting what they want. Again, it's that humanized perspective. And then I like to do their lifestyle so that that can kind of shape how I frame the what. So if I'm making a video on summer outfits, their lifestyle, I want to know what their lifestyle is so that I can start relating to them on things that are outside of just the outfits. So that could be maybe if I'm doing an outfits video and my ideal community member, let's say, is Gen Z, I might say Gen Z terms or make Gen Z references, something along those lines. So it really is just thinking about your community as genuine, real people, and then creating content for those people instead of the next SEO or hashtag tip. I think when you think about personal brands, sometimes we don't know where to start. So is there an exercise or something? If someone is listening right now, like what can they write down on a piece of paper? What can they do to start their journey of finding out their personal brand? Yes. So if you are starting your personal brand from day one, I would definitely recommend building and then implementing your lifestyle pillar. This is something I did with a client when I first started my business because she was a business owner and she was like, Alyssa, everything is boring. Everything looks boring. I don't like showing up. And I said, okay, then let's not even talk about business. Let's just talk about you. So we created a lifestyle pillar. And now this is one of my favorite things to do with any creator and any client. It's basically you choosing three to five elements of you that have nothing to do with your business and nothing to do with your niche and then consistently posting on those elements. So for example, I'll say a few of mine. So mine is going to the gym, destroying the gym bros. I love lifting heavy. So I love that. My boba addiction, I can drink boba every single day. I have like a little inside joke about that. I especially talk about that on stories. And then I love braids and bows and pearls. I love neutral aesthetics and neutral fashion. So you'll often see me wearing a lot of neutral clothes. So it has nothing to do with the business, has nothing to do with social strategy, but those are consistent elements that I can bring up in my content to make it more me. And I think also what this does is that it creates those common connection points with your audience that, again, has nothing to do with the business or has nothing to do with your industry or quote unquote niche. And it also holds you accountable and almost like a permission slip to you that it's okay to post about you 
And it's okay to not just post about one thing. Like you're just putting it in your routine that this is okay. This is fun. This is a part of your strategy. And how can you brand yourself to work with your dream brands? Because there are brands that we either really want to work with or get gifting from or get invited to Mm -hmm. their events. So how do we get on their radar to know like my personal brand is a good fit for your brand? From the brand's perspective, let's say you want to work with your favorite product-based business, let's say makeup or fashion or something like that, definitely posting organic content and tagging the brand. That one's huge. I've actually had a lot of clients do that and they've turned those organic posts into paid brand collaborations. So that's definitely one. And then also, I would look at what those brands are posting and then see how it can fit with what you're posting. Because usually what I found is that if you look at a brand's grid and look at like the top nine posts, those are those are the, the brand's most recent content, right? So you can use that as inspiration to your content to see if you can find that kind of middle ground so that that brand can then see you in their content. I think that that's such a good tip, especially being on the brand side now. So it's been really interesting for me, not only being an influencer for over a decade, but now being a brand founder and a brand that works with influencers. I feel like it's made me a better creator by being on the other side because I really now create thinking about what a brand person might look at or what's important to them. And the UGC aspect is really important too. So if I want to get on someone's radar, I'll go to their feed. I see the kind of content they're reposting right now or the product that they're featuring a lot. And then I'll create content based on what they're showing because I know that that's a priority for like their marketing team or for their social team. Yes, exactly. And you do do this so, so well. And Mariana's content is always super aesthetic. So she has that on lock. It's so funny because even being an influencer for a really long time, it's not like you get to a certain amount of followers or a certain level and that you can just stop having strategy. You almost have to have even more because your audience gets even bigger and you have to maintain what you've built. So no matter if you've been doing this you know, more recently and this is new for you or you've been doing this for a long time, it's always good to be thinking about our strategy, our personal brand and our content because you really do want to continue to stay relevant for a long time because longevity is really important in this business. I just have to say you have done this so incredibly well because I think a, a strong content creator, a content creator that's playing this for the long game, you know, social media is a game that you can't really win. You kind of just have more obstacles that you have to jump over because social media is constantly changing. It's that balance business and creative. So the ability to be a flexible and adaptive creator is really, really important. And again, just just something that you have done so well. I mean, even when threads came up, you popped on there so quick. I was like, there she goes. She was very, whenever a new platform comes, I'm like, I try to be like the first on it just so I have a presence. And then if it sticks around, great. Being on the brand side, it's just really important to know what's happening on all the platforms because every platform has a tone of voice, how people speak, how people post and what works on one does doesn't work on the other. Like, you know, TikTok comments are very different than Instagram real comments. Like the community aspect, the conversation, it's just not quite the same, but you wouldn't know unless you spend a lot of time on TikTok reading through comment sections. Totally. Yes. So, so right. How often do you think we should post on TikTok? I always say whatever you can do in the long term, stick to that. If you can do every single day in six months, go for it. Amazing, right? More content, more data, more opportunity for you to hone in on those content creator skills. But if you're a business owner and you are wearing all all the hats and three posts a week is all you can do, 
do three posts a week. And cadence is so important to overall growth as well. So if you are just posting three times a week, maybe even two times a week, if that's what's manageable for you right now, do that. But also just know, okay, that's a slower growth road and that's totally okay. So whatever you can do in the long run, stick to that and stick to that consistently. And is that same concept for Instagram and Instagram stories? Yes, I would say for Instagram, I think both platforms, I think three minimum is good, especially to get into that content workflow to get it in your body to start creating Instagram stories. However, I would say posting not that there's a magic number algorithm wise, but for your community to show up somewhere more often than not is better. So I would say on Instagram stories, if you can do that every day, even if just a little casual thing, do it on Instagram stories. Because again, Instagram stories is where your hottest leads and hottest, most engaged community members are. So you do want to show up for them. Again, it's not because the algorithm is going to pick it up and boost your content. It's just that those are those are your people. Your people are wanting more from you. So, you know, it's it's important to to be present for them. And for the people who are like, I'm just stuck. I have nothing to post. I can't think of what to post. What can people do when they're just in a, a rut and not feeling creative? I have had so many creators come to be in that content creation rut. So what I would say, if you have been posting for a while, you have been posting for a while. There is no shame at all in scrolling your own feed before you start scrolling the explore page or the FYP for content ideas. I think most people actually have a content execution problem, not a content ideation problem. If you've been posting for a while, there's good content in there. You can totally repurpose recreate even just a good repost that content if you're in a content rut and that way you get into the routine of refining your own ideas and making your own content better over getting especially on tiktok getting stuck in the the endless vortex of content i think you posted this the other day on tiktok too was that anything that even if you think it's boring to you can be content so what's the thing that you do every single morning even though it might seem boring it might be something that you can create so like any opportunity of any of those things you do can be something to post and share so many people think that they think oh no i don't want to post that it's boring but it's not boring it's it just like in real life the friendships that you can you create in real life are not made with some spontaneous amazing super impressive thing it's the little things that create connection so I want people on socials to think about it that way. You're creating connections. I have learned so much from you. I love following you on TikTok. So if anyone wanted to book a session with you and be able to go deeper and learn more about their personal brand, where can we book some time with you and where can we follow you? Yes. So I am on Instagram and TikTok at Inspired Media Co. If you wanted to work with me, you can always shoot me a DM or visit the link in my bio. But this was such an honor. I also learned so much from you as always. And I hope that everyone listening that this was really insightful. And I hope you you took something from this. Amazing. Thanks so much, Alyssa. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.